Welcome to the Book Squad Podcast. 94% bookish banter, 6% shenanigans. From Lawrence Public Librarians, Kate Gramlich and Polly Kim. We're going to try something a little different today, mm-hmm. podcast listeners. It's going to be a... Or it'll end up being exactly the same. I know. Well, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. We don't know when either. You, when you tune in to the Book Squad podcast. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about a book, mm-hmm. um, kind of skip the two book minimum and bookish news and stuff like that and maybe make this a shorter episode <laughs> maybe yeah. but this this feels to me like so we've done episodes where we've talked about genres before so we're talking about a genre and then we're doing a deep dive into one book have we oh historical fiction yeah 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 we totes did we what we totes did <laughs> <laughs> my tits is did not <laughs> jump to the end of my totes. That's because I shouldn't have been saying totes. Totes did. <laughs> totes did. Okay. So, okay. well, right. and this is, I mean, so I think that say if, what you, if you lined up all the genres and said, which one are Polly and Kate going to talk about, this would be the last one. <laughs> Second to last. Yes, you're right. Western. Westerns. Western we're it is. Right we're now. talking about Westerns. So, yep. Um, Rootin' tootin'. Yep. So, you know, let's, I want to start, I want to preface, I want to say, because I always, (laughs) I want to assert, because we talk a lot about no judgment, no judgment, Uh no judgment, like, um, never apologize for your reading taste and, and never I feel like Westerns, you should apologize. No, I'm just kidding. That's exactly not what we're saying. I knew she was going to say that. But so, so I want to say that, um, you know, I don't feel like I haven't read it because I don't think there's something valuable in Westerns. Mm-hmm, right. It's just not something, you know, you get yeah, into you a, to you get, no, and you get into a habit of, mm-hmm. of what you read and you kind of don't get out don't of it. So to. that's the beauty. Well, to me, that's the beauty of this podcast is that it gives us an opportunity to explore more things, and it helps you, the listener, mm-hmm. maybe take a chance on some, exploring some new things. Right. So um, we are going to talk a little bit about Westerns. I actually – oh, go. Oh, well, yeah. so the so. we were going to read something else. And then uh, Katie Stover at um, KCPL, mm-hmm. um, she – we were just kind of brainstorming for like three seconds before you guys went to lunch. And she was like, well, Westerns are really big right now because it's like good versus evil. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking that is absolutely true. And so shout out to Katie for. Right. Yeah. She's she. And then when we went to lunch, she was like, I, I she saw, she's seen both versions of the movie. Like we haven't even mentioned three what we're and eight times. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> We haven't. Uh huh. So let's um, just not mention it the whole time, and we'll just describe it. People can decide. And then no, you can, no, we should mention it right, All right now. True Grit by Charles Portis. Yes. So we're going to talk about <laughs> westerns, and then we're going to deep dive into True Grit. Mm-hmm. So let's do this. I did a little digging around um, for <laughs> for what exact like a good definition of westerns. Mm-hmm. So Joyce Sarek's, mm-hmm. who whom I love, who's mm-hmm. a wonderful, wonderful librarian who has done so much for 
Reader's Advisory um, gave this uh, definition, and I'm just going to read it out. So Western novels are set primarily in the Western United States, occasionally stretching into Canada, as you might have guessed. Um, they're generally set from the end of the Civil War to the beginning of the 20th century, mm-hmm. and they, they feature settings and characters associated with the Old West. Um the settings from any given story can range from small ta- small towns troubled by outlaws to open range where cow- cowboys herd cattle. Common characters are cowboys, scouts, Native Americans, gunslingers, and lawmen. While historical details from the era are frequently included, the mythic feel of the Old West takes precedence over accuracy. Which I would say that's probably, yes, that's yes. probably true. I'm doing imaginary gun uh, finger guns, finger gun, like where you, <laughs> and then you catch it and you put it in your holsters. Yeah, I saw Young Guns too. Oh, it was the, not Young Guns too, Young Guns. Oh, I haven't. Also, oh, <laughs> you've never seen Young Guns? Oh well, no, I, what have I seen? Is it Pretty Woman? No, but you should see it. No, you does it, is there some fancy gun work? I think I just need to watch some YouTube clips. That's not my favorite Western film, though. My favorite Western I, film is Wyatt Earp. I don't think I've watched nary a Western film. Mm-hmm. Wait, that's my right that's my super favorite. Is Wyatt that Earp the name of it? Yeah, I thought you, that was a dude's. I mean, is that a, that's it a dude's is. name? Yes, and it's that's it not an stars, actor's name. Um, no, it stars uh, Mr. Val Kilmer oh. and Sam. The guy with the big mustache that I'm mm, blanking on right big now. Mustache, and <laughs> stop it right now. Kurt Russell as White Earp. Anyways, um, yeah, I guess I've watched a number of westerns. I just yeah, haven't really like read a western novel until now. until now. So, um, you know, like what typically happens in the western novel, and these are again like more. Um, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about some other Western stuff. But what so t- typically happens is, you know, the 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 loner, the hero, the whatever rides into town, mm-hmm. clean cleans things up, and then rides out again. And Joyce and uh, actually likens it to a, a medieval knight errant ah. uh, roaming in search of chivalrous adventures. So I was like, yeah, I could totally see that. Uh-huh. I can, like, I can see that as the, horses as the in both cases, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> horses in both cases. So, um, so usually, you know, um, there's that sort of thing. But I, I, well, we'll talk about it when we get to the book because I, I thought like, oh. Mm-hmm. I had some thoughts on good versus evil. Oh yeah, I know. And I me had too. some thoughts on the hero mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So, um, you know, and so folks often gravitate towards westerns because they like that the connection with the land. Mm-hmm. They like thinking about the time in our history where men um, conquered the wilderness. And we do mean men. Yeah, we do. Um, and there's a lot of um, description of the landscape and mm-hmm. a lot of description of the way of life then. and um, so, so setting and plot are pretty mm-hmm. typically the... Yeah, and I think... and I, Well, and usually maybe character also. Mm-hmm. like a, Because it's usually the one heroic character mm-hmm. who comes in. And so um, it's just a lot of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I think there's that nostalgic feel that people are interested in, mm-hmm. which is, as you and I are probably going to say, that's problematic mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah, problematic. <laughs> um, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think, 
newer Westerns maybe are addressing the problematic nature of the fact that when some, well, newer, when you're riding forth, quote unquote, conquering the wilderness, uh-huh. you're, that was it. also, you also conquered a people. Yeah, or, exactly. Um, yeah. We're on the tail end of conquering a people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm going to, I don't know a whole lot of, con- not, I mean, not, con- well, yeah, like m- more recently written Westerns, but I would be. Yeah. I brought some. Oh, I, good. I brought some that were well. They were just suggested things. This is the episode where you prepare everything, and I'm just sitting here. <laughs> it's my turn. It's my thoughts. Prepared. Okay, so um, do you want to? I mean, that's just like that's an overview of the Western. Mm-hmm. There are, um, and I was interested that Katie said that. I was interested that Katie said the Western. You know, Westerns are not dead. Westerns are making a resurgence Mm -hmm. um, because I think for a long time, folks kind of thought, ah, the Westerns are right. Westerns Mm -hmm. are dead. Um, And actually, I found an article said, "Who says Westerns are dead?" (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was. So, um, and I, I, there was a part two of that, and like what this author said, um, Lauren Havens is is the author's name. What this author said is actually. Westerns aren't dead, and the trope from the Western, the, you know, that feeling of um, adventure and the hero going out and conquering Mm -hmm. and exploring, um, that sort of, um, the way that, the the feeling we get from Westerns has been transferred into other genres, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, so it's going across genre boundaries, so... um, and then, you know, she says, and I'll quote, um, modern Westerns are not strictly adventure stories. Instead, they often take a harder, more cynical view of the subject, revealing a more realistic view of the past or an experience rather than a romanticized so one. So that's, I'm interested in that. Mm-hmm. They tend to, they also tend to be thought provoking and emotional. While these modern Westerns may not be the same fast paced adventure stories, they still contain the same themes as traditional uh-huh. Westerns. So, um, like for example, she, the under that she mentions the absolutely true diary of a part-time Indian by Sherman Alexie, um, as a Western. Mm-hmm. And Interesting. I, mm-hmm. In and that I it think, takes place in the West. I think it's um, it's not necessarily. Or like that's it's the, that, those are the it's themes the cross, of Western the, the, the crossover okay, themes. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, some were um, like Freaking the, the Orchardist Alexia. by Amanda Copeland. Mm-hmm. Um, did you mention that on a show before? I don't know. Um, that one is a. That one is. Um, that one is a, like a modern western. It's about a solitary orchardist uh, who provides shelter to two scared runaway teenage girls in the untamed American West. Um, there's, uh, sis- the sisters brothers, which mm-hmm. we actually yeah, we consider sh- maybe reading, mm-hmm. um, which is a, it's a modern Western novel that takes place in the American old West. Um, and it's funny and d- sort of a dark comic novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see, uh, oh, this one, um, lonesome animals. It's a detective hmm. story set in the West is by Bruce Holbert. Um, and it's a, some has lush language, but sometimes gruesome details as the protagonist tracks a serial killer um, who has been preying on Native Americans. Oh, and so, dang. so, um, and there were some other that were sort of, in, oh, and Louise Erdrich mm-hmm. is, was mentioned um, 
in the western genre yeah so like um the roundhouse Uh was mentioned and things like that you know so the so western stories can be written from yeah the native american perspective and it sounds like maybe more are being written Mm -hmm. from the native american perspective which is great yeah yeah um because that does you know so that touches on stuff like you know the cultural identity and education and, Mm -hmm. and things that were impacted so, but what we read was not those. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so let's We move. read a white dude. We did. So let's move to let's move to our exploration so, of true grit. All right. Um takes place in Arkansas, written in 68. Um it takes place in ah, you know. What was it like 1870 or it something like that? It was 18 the the late or the 1870s, maybe late 1870s through 1903 or 1903 mm-hmm. yeah because so that's the protagonist right maddie mm-hmm. what's maddie's last name what? ross maddie ross so she's right, gonna... 14 at the time of this uh incident series right. of incidents right so the so she's speaking she's telling this story she's reaching back from her old age mm-hmm. and she's telling the story of when she's 14 yeah and what happens was there's this Rapscallion, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Cheney, also known as something else, uh, who just shot her daddy, her pa, her pa, mm-hmm. in the face or something like real rude. I don't know, just real really rude. rude. Um, and, and he died. The dad and did. robbed him. Yeah, robbed him mm-hmm. of several things, and then also just scammed. It was just a lot of things, and so. Maddie, the 14-year-old girl, finds out that this happened in a town um, a little ways away from where they live. And uh, she rides up there um, to to avenge his death, basically. When, right. And I, I love a good vengeance story. <laughs> she does. So. Yeah. And I, um, yes, I, and I think that, um, you know, she rides up to find a lot. A lawman mm-hmm. to lawman avenge. Sorry, that's what I should said. A lawman to avenge um, because she knows. Well, because she's fourteen, right? Because she's fourteen. But like, as he, she knows her limits, but but there Matt, are very few. <laughs> Maddie's limits. Maddie oh Ross's God. limits are so, outside of the realm of anyone else's uh-huh. limits. Um. So. So, like, to be able to get this whole quest going, she has to first, like, finagle some – there were horses, there were ponies involved and something, something. Oh, she, she had to she go – to, like, haggle. to go to the town. Her, mm-hmm. her dad and Tom Cheney were going to buy some ponies, mm-hmm. um, and he took Tom with him, who was a, a drifter who he had taken in, too. Mm-hmm. And that I think that was also – what that's really rude. That's, that's really what that's really what stuck in Maddie's yeah, craw, I think, yeah, is that she, is that her father was kind to mm-hmm. Tom, took him in, fed him, gave him work. Rude. And um then he just and that was and then he killed him because he was drunk. And mm-hmm. that was the it was unforgivable mm-hmm. in her mind. Is which to me is, is like that was it's a very Western kind of like I will pursue you uh-huh. until the ends of the earth like, because you broke this Inigo code. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she you is killed the my father. Prepare to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, and so she interacts with a bunch of adults uh, in this. And I'm just thinking 14. Okay, 14. 14 then is not the same as 14 now. You know, 14 no. now, I, I just cry, you barely cry, cry in your shoes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know um, what's happening. I can't wipe my own butt. But back then, she could have been pretty near Marion age. <laughs> but still, like you said, like her limitations are not, I don't even think they are typical of a 14 year old of that time. Right. Especially a 14 year old girl. So, um, she interacts with the guy who sold the horses, the ponies, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then she wants she needs him to buy them back. Is like, what the heck does she need ponies for now that all this has happened? Right. And and reimburse her. Yes. Oh my god. For the loss of her dad's horse, yeah. which was stolen on his watch. Uh huh. So she goes in there and talks this man. Oh my god! It's amazing. <laughs> until and is like, I will not. Settle for less. I've got this than lawyer. This yeah, money. Uh-huh. There's an off-screen lawyer. That oh, I don't even know if I really believe that he's. Oh, he, he's. I mean, man. I know he exists, but is he as like as powerful? Powerful as she's. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's that's kind like, of the fun part. I mean, he exists really and he stays know. around, right? But mm-hmm. so she has this off-screen lawyer, lawyer Daggett, mm-hmm. um, that she references, and and he exists and he does right. You know, he mm-hmm. he does what he needs to do to help her. But you know, once that once that has been undertaken, um, they, every her mom and the lawyer believe that she's going to go up there. She's going to handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, the her dad has been shipped home, and they're having the funeral, which mm-hmm. she has to miss mm-hmm. because of this. And I love, and I've been just I've been flipping through here, and I cannot find it. I love how she is irked that they. Um, she got word of who they had speak at the funeral and she's like, I don't know who, why they thought that wool head, wool headed so-and-so could speak at the funeral. But like that go- it was essentially like, that's just what goes to show you what happens when I'm not there yeah, to take exactly. care of things. Essentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, and she sounded like an old man. Yeah. Well, she's not just sound like an old woman to me. She's oh. like a number of old, maybe it's the women in my family, but yeah. like, you know, nothing gets done right unless true. they do it. Well, that's probably true. Um, and so, so she's, you know, the, the idea is that she will conduct this business, um, mm-hmm. get the money and then go back home. And she talks, I'm like, cause she gives a figure and then he gives a way lower figure. <laughs> Like a third of what she's asking. <laughs> yeah. And then slowly, slowly, do, do, do. slowly. She doesn't budget at all. No. And I will. It's s- so funny. Yeah. And I think, well, that's what I think. Um, I think You're this- an unnatural child. <laughs> that's what he <laughs> says to her. And she is. And I think that this is actually one of the things that people, what, what has, ma- has made True Grit a classic and what has made it like persevere and what like actually it went out of print and mm-hmm. then it came, it back, came back into print mm-hmm. um because i think some some newer authors fell in love with it and mm-hmm. like um championed it and um it's the lang the language is just so good in this book i think i i love the language i love the idioms mm-hmm. i loved the unintentionally fancy language which i actually i love that about western movies and i love that about um some books where you're like, this person is covered in dirt. They have yeah. a giant wad of chewing tobacco taken out of their mouth. They, but they say like... But they say things that are like... Because the language... They're just so poignant and... Right, yeah. And the language was much more 
the language hadn't been watered down mm-hmm. to where we are now in some ways where we have a lot more words to that are less fancy to describe things yeah. and so i think you know they'll just say things that i'm like i know i'm trying to figure i don't you know i don't even hear professors using that right, word exactly. or whatever um and just the humor like so there's just it's does it's not it's not a book that tr- it's not trying to be funny maddie is never trying to be funny. No. <laughs> you know, I don't know if Maddie even smiles or laughs. But no. I think well, so okay. The, yeah, the humor comes from it's her just dry just, and just right, being so Maddie, you know uh-huh. what I mean? Just yeah. like being just like uh, like not afraid to just no. cross swords with anybody. It's so funny. Uh, I do think that um Rooster Cogburn tries to be funny well or he just is funny Mm -hmm. um there's one part so we should introduce who that is so yeah so maddie is supposed to go home she doesn't go home she decides she's going to enlist the help of a lawman a lawman (laughs) with true (laughs) with true grit like someone who is um just just down and dirty and and will get the job done Mm -hmm. she is not risking this guy this, you know, getting away from, but with killing her father, mm-hmm. and he like the somebody kind of lists all of the uh, the lawmen that would be available, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, the best is this one because he, you know, he's an honest, truthful person. You know, he'll bring back someone alive. Here, and I got it. Okay. I got it right here. I got it right here. Um, he says, I I reckon I reckon William Waters is the best tracker. He's a half breed Comanche. Let's not talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is it is something to see watching him cut for sign. The meanest one is Rooster Cogburn. He's a pitiless man, double tough, and fear don't enter into his thinking. He loves to pull a cork. Ooh, I love that. Does I that mean that drink? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Now L. T. Quinn, he brings his prisoners in alive. He may let one get by now and then, but he believes even the worst of men isn't entitled to a fair shake. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yes, I will say that Quinn is about the best they have. I said, where can I find this rooster? <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a crap about mm-hmm. coming in alive or having redeeming qualities. Right. Where's the guy who like drinks and shoots who, everybody? Who loves to pull a cork. Yep. Yeah. I just, I love, love, love the idioms all well, throughout Well, like something like having book. sand. Like there was yeah. that one part. Right. And, He's got sand. Yeah, and which and it's like grit. Yeah, exactly. Know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah. There's all kinds of like really incredible. And we meet him. We're introduced. I love the way we're introduced to him, or the like kind of the way he is, because there's a uh, sort of a transcript of a trial, yes. and so you kind of just get a feel for like how he answers questions and how. Um, like what his personality is like, but my favorite, uh, the, he's killed a lot of people. Um, <laughs> that's not my favorite part. I mean, that's a great part, but, uh, let's see. So they're describing one particular incident where he has killed somebody, uh, a couple somebodies, I think. And, um, it says, uh, I believe you testified, oh, the lawyer says, I believe you testified that you backed away from Aaron Wharton. And he says, that is right. And he said, you were backing away. 
Yes, sir. He had that axe raised. Which direction were you going? And Rooster says, I always go backwards when I'm backing up. <laughs> and I, like that, I think I like cackled when I, when I read yeah. this book the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, so Rooster's, Rooster is a character. He's just kind of like a turd. Is, yeah. I mean, like he's kind of, he's unkempt. Mm-hmm. He's really, I like the one where she said men will live like goats if, uh-huh. if unattended or something like that. So, um, you know, he's just, He's a mess. Um, but, and he, she talks him into doing this uh, deed for yeah, her. She offers him a good deal of money mm-hmm. from the money she just got. Yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> she just got her deal. So she offers him a good deal of money. And then she tells him that she's going with him. And he's just mm-hmm. like, heck no, that's not right. what's happening. But she, like with the ponies, she just talked her way into it. Right. And um, and then we meet Labeef. Labeef. <laughs> Who's from Texas and fancy and has real big spurs. He's a Texas Ranger and a dandy. uh Uh-huh. And he's got a cowlick and uh, a good-looking younger guy. Yeah. And uh, so he's been pursuing this um, Tom Chaney guy who went by a different channel. I don't know the name. Something like that. Chelmsford, maybe. Something. Um, And so he wants to join in. And again, then... Maddie lets him know that she's going and he gets all upset and stuff. And so uh, I just, I really like imagining this like tiny, comparatively tiny person just like arguing with these, like one dude with giant spurs and one dude is just like drunk all the time and just being like, I'm, no, I'm, I'm coming. I am. Mm -hmm. And, and she finagles it where Mm -hmm. she uh, gets up early, meets them on their way out, even yeah, though funny. they're pretty sure she's not, you know, even though they've laid down the law mm-hmm. um, and gets her horse across the river by unconventional means. Uh-huh. And and then that's that. So then Maddie and Labeef and Rooster are on this adventure together mm-hmm. um, to go to go find this. And, and surprisingly, so I'm, uh, you know, I mean... Action happens, but also it's not it's not a big action right. book. It's it's where we're gonna find this guy, we go to find this guy, we find this guy, mm-hmm. the end of the book. You know? Um There's like some fight scenes that they describe, but it's right. not they're not drawn out. They're very like fast. Mm-hmm. Um but a lot of it is just the dialogue. Um and then her hilarious her hilariously unhumorous observations. Yeah. Um, but I would talk, so I pointed this out. My book club read this a couple of years ago and um, I loved the language also and the little, in the idioms and stuff, but a thing that annoyed me and no one else cares about this at all, mm-hmm. but she would put things in quotes a lot. Right. Like, I knew they were up to some quote unquote stunt and like she does a lot. And I think maybe it's just a pet peeve of mine if when people do that. Mm-hmm. But for some reason that just kept throwing me off the language was when she would like pull herself out of her thought. And then I, I don't know. I don't know if she just like does not like the use of slang or something like that. And so yeah. she has to like point it out possible because there was like one point where they went that to didn't the, bother me that didn't know it didn't bother out. anybody else yeah they went to the quote-unquote land of nod and so 
Instead of just saying the yeah. land of Nod. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. But maybe it's just that she's too practical to use phrases like that. And so she has to point out, like, I will say this, but right. just so you know, this is not proper. You know what I liked about this hmm. is there are a couple, like, there were a couple idioms that um, you just don't realize, like, that we use. Like, when she said, when he said, what's your name? And she said, Pudding and tame. Yeah. And I, like when I was a kid, my grandparents would say, what's your name? Except for they would say, pudding tame. Ask yeah. me again and I'll tell you the same. Yeah. Not pudding and tame. I know. I had just it right. It just. Um, and so I was like, but what's oh, that from? It just, I don't know. It yeah. was, I mean, obviously from somewhere. Uh-huh. But, and there were a lot of little references where if I had had, I mean, I was reading this to get it done and be ready for the podcast today, mm-hmm. but I think I would reread this with my computer open and Uh I would like, I want to Google every reference that I don't understand in here because it's, there are things where it's, they just, they reference a person's name Mm -hmm. as part of a saying or Mm -hmm. something like that, where I just, I was like, Oh, um, what is that? You know? Right. Or they talk about, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you get, you do get some backstory, Mm. Um, about like where they are politically. And so, you know, they talk about, um, well, they talk about some of the presidents, they talk about some of the, the battles, they talk about things that happen. And so like rooster, we -hmm. find out, which will be of interest to folks who, who are local is that, um, you know, (laughs) maybe is that rooster fought with Quantrill Mm -hmm. during Quantrill's raid, which they captain Quantrill when the, where they come and you know slaughter and burn down the, our town, the town, the good, the, the good town of Lawrence, the abolitionists who live here. Mm-hmm. So, so that's where you kind of get like, I mean, it, I guess it depends on who's reading this, but um, that's where like the line between good and evil is blurred, right? As me, who's reading this, because I'm like, yeah, Rooster, you kill that guy. Like, I'm pretty much Team Rooster. Um, and then you're like, oh, and wait, like, he wrote, oh he my wrote God. for this. Yeah, he wrote yeah. for slavers. And it makes for... sense. It's right. just, it wasn't until it was pointed out specifically, yeah. like, that that was exactly who he was writing with. Um, well, there are a number of things where, you know, she she mentions a couple times where she says, you know, I'm for the Democrats and whatever. And, you know, if you know anything about history, mm-hmm. you know that Southern Democrats mm-hmm. were for slavery mm-hmm. pre, you know, yeah. pre-Civil War and like after for a while. Uh, I mean, you won't, you might not know this if you ever get on social media because people are stupid and they, <laughs> and they don't understand anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, she talks about that, like she's part of like, you know, their, her family's Democrat. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another time when she mentions... Um, I mean, she's obviously Maddie is a complicated character mm-hmm. because Maddie, um, you know, has they have a neighbor who was born free. Mm-hmm. Um, got captured, got and- captured, and, and brought. But I, uh, I'm under the well now, and then he's now free again. Um, and clearly, he's a friend of the family. Mm-hmm. Clearly, um, they they trust this man with their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there were other references that made it mm-hmm. made me feel like Maddie was totally fine with. Yeah, with I don't think the she's practice of slavery very and, reflect. No, reflexive, reflective, reflective. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think she's very self reflective of. Uh, 
honestly of a lot. Of I those don't... particular things, yeah. I mean, she is 14. So. Oh, I know. But, like, her looking back, though, that's – but it's written from, you know, spinster, a spinster's uh-huh. perspective or whatever. Uh, and I – okay, I, I think that if, she, if this was a guy, if Maddie was Matthew, let's say, this person would annoy the crap out of me, mm-hmm. you know, because, like – they're fairly like bullheaded, right? And k- kind of, I I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. So, so well, it's I interesting did... that it is written from a woman's perspective. It is, and it I, it is, and I like that. Um, unlike I think in the movie, I think in the Coen Brothers, there might have been some. They may. I think they tried to make you know they tried to make Maddie be a little more attractive Ugh. or... Oh, yeah, because she's called ugly multiple times yeah. in this. Um, and so, you know, who knows uh-huh. if she's actually a quote-unquote quote ugly. Quote-unquote ugly. <laughs> That's for you. Or if she's just rendered ugly because she is a woman with opinions. True. And, right. And with grit. Yeah. I mean, because this honestly... That's uh, like I got done and I was like, Rooster Cogburn is not the person with true grit. Mm-hmm. Maddie, no, it's her. Yeah. Maddie exactly. is oh, true yeah. grit. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, because I think Rooster just did things. Rooster did things for money. For money. And, and Rooster did, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that's not true grit. That's, no. You know, but Maddie did things for honor and for vengeance. And she never, yeah, <laughs> she did not back down. So I, um, uh, yeah, I'm interested in the the ambi- like I I thought of and maybe mini westerns are much more cut and dried, good guy, mm-hmm. bad guy, um, good and evil. Mm-hmm. But this doesn't seem like super cut and dried to me in terms no. of, I mean, the hero. If you consider Rooster Cogburn the hero, um, he. Is a racist, mm-hmm. right? Or you know, you or you infer that from he was at least his, willing to fight for. Yeah, you infer slavery. that from his yeah. dealings mm-hmm. with who, um, and you, you know, I don't know. And to be honest, Lebeef probably was too. Oh yeah, he's a Texas. I don't remember Ranger. anything. Yeah, I don't remember anything specific, but yeah. Um, I mean, my apologies to Texas or Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> was he not? Who? What? Was Walker, Walker, Walker was a Texas Ranger. I know, I know, I know the title uh, of I think the show. His, I think his best friend is black in the in the show or somewhere. But apparently, the Texas Rangers changed over time. I don't uh-huh. know. But um, they were no, I, they were originally not good. No, I mean they were good for the people who wanted them. To but I also think like it just depends on the reader. Um, because, like, my family would read this, and they, I think, are team Quantrill. And I think <laughs> my dad would be like, yep, that sounds good. I mean, he doesn't have a southern accent, but. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Maybe. it just depends. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, there's always, I mean, that's also another another thing that is um, you have to decide when you're reading Westerns. Like mm-hmm. the intent or the purpose of including language in a particular way. Mm-hmm. So um, the use of the N-word mm-hmm. or the use of, um, you know, the use of referring to 
like indigenous peoples mm-hmm. in particular ways yeah. or something, you know what I mean? Like you're, it, you, you expect, I guess that there is, there's some veracity and like, okay, this is what people would have thought yeah. then. But then also there were people who didn't think that. Yeah. Um, and so I'm interested in, I mean, maybe artificially, but I'm what I might be more interested in reading a Western from the viewpoint of someone who didn't think that from mm-hmm. the viewpoint of someone who was like, no, this is what we're doing is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, like you want nor- fights a nor- on the side, a Northern Western, <laughs> right. Who fights on the side of abolitionists and who mm-hmm. fights on the side of, um, you know, the indigenous people. And mm-hmm. like, that's, that's the Western that I want to read. And then they can shoot up all the racists. Yeah. I'd read that book. I'd read that book. That sounds good. We'll but, write it. You know, that's not how every book was. And in this particular book, like, you just realize that perhaps. The interesting thing, I mean, yeah, it was written in 68. The, yeah. And where we were, where we were in 68. Right. And so, uh, yeah. I mean, that's why I wondered if that was like, like Charles Portis, his little nod to, you know, the the character there, you know, the. African-American neighbor character, mm-hmm. Yarnell. You are. Yarnell yeah. Poindexter, um, who is a, you know, solid, really great guy. Yeah, and, and she immediately and got dirty deals. Yeah. Right? And so maybe that's, maybe that was like his nod to. I wonder. Now I'm going to Google things. Charles Portis racist. Oh. That's what I like to do. I know you do. Um, <laughs> so another observation is that we made in my um, book club is uh, we we read this um, probably about six months or so after we discussed uh, Winter's Bone. Mm, mm-hmm. And I mean, geographically it takes place in a similar area-ish. Yeah, but uh, I was thinking that Ree Dolly really reminds me of Maddie in some ways and that I would kind of like them to hang out and have adventures together because I think Ree Dolly has – you've read – I actually just saw the movie. I haven't read it. Oh, okay. But it's good. Yeah, it is good. Um, it's probably but they're written pretty in right on. similar ways and I think Ree has true grit and like mm-hmm. the – Like can you imagine two... – could you imagine like uh, – w- Woodrell, Daniel Woodrell, uh-huh. like reading True Grit and being like, I can write a yes. story. I'm going to write a modern day version. Yeah. One that kind of has. Of this. Yeah. Breaks down different issues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I could also see Reed Dolly getting, um, what was it? Getting uh, stuck in a hole around some snakes. And then. Yeah. Oh, don't give away the ant. Oh, I'm not going to. But <laughs> I'm just going to say the thing. She, she says something like. Oh, my thought was this will not do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like that. That's actually a like a um, something that he does in the book where Maddie, when Maddie's sharing her internal thoughts, she says, "My thought was," I know. or "My re- my response was," yeah. or a lot of it was, "This is what our this is what I thought," mm-hmm. and then she'll share her internal thought in the yeah. middle of like retelling the story, yeah, which I thought was is an interesting way to do it. So. Um, I'm really glad. I'm really glad that I read this mm-hmm. book because it's, a fast it's been read. yeah, it's a fast fast read. It's been on my to read pile uh-huh. forever. Um, 
I loved the, I, I loved just the, I would go back and read it just for the language. So mm-hmm. like one thing, one quote I wrote down was, um, it was Rooster talking about running a restaurant mm-hmm. and he said, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like a man fighting bees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes. You should, no one knows less of what they're doing than a man fighting, <laughs> a man bees. fighting bees. Yeah. Um, and like when, and when Maddie talks about, like when Maddie talks about alcohol, I would not put a thief in my mouth to steal my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just those, like there are a lot of like really good quotable quotes they're really really book. are mm-hmm. um someone someone should just make memes out of, of maddie's this, of maddie's lines lines in or this of book. Or lines. Yeah. lines yeah. yeah um i so i think it was just uh i just think it was a really good book and oh what was the, what was the other one what have you done when you've bested a fool that's what i essentially yeah. nothing you mm-hmm. know what i mean like i would it was kind of like i would have argued but what have you done when you bested a fool? i know that actually i found to be an inspiring line. I know. Because usually it would be like... Just let dumb people be dumb. Yeah, I guess That's so. Fine. So, um... Well, and then Donna Tartt's um, afterward oh, in it is... I thought that was really good. Really wonderful. You can... Like, she points out the passages that were very meaningful to her um, and then breaks down why. And um, what I love is that this was a book that for, for Donna Tartt, who I haven't read yet... Um, it was passed... It says, loved passionately by my entire family... But it's her mother's grandmother and then her mother and it, it's it's the women in her family, mm-hmm. which is really, really yeah. wonderful. And maybe everyone else read it, but I think definitely like she has that connection. And so that was yeah. and that was something that we pointed out when we were talking about doing this, like um, like this is like young people, old people, mm-hmm. you know, um, women and men mm-hmm. like this is sort of a more it's a. Western is often seen as like an older men's, mm-hmm. older man's read. A lot of stuff is always like, not your father's Western mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. So it, um, this sort of transcends, it's more literary Western. Yeah. You know, um, and something, another thing that I did want to point out, um, as a part of Westerns, um, so like there is a, there is a pretty big part which again i don't i think i've maybe read one there's a pretty big swath of romance that is western Mm -hmm, romance mm -hmm. and so yeah it's definitely um almost always a cowboy hero um and it is it's definitely much more clear-cut good and evil than this literary um western Mm -hmm. but and then the hero the heroine is usually like spunky and and strong-willed and it's usually a mail-order bride a prohibitionist or a suffragist Maybe huh. maybe an abolitionist. So or uh-huh. like you know, just like a, a woman who's bucking the trends of the time. Uh-huh. Um and so that made me think of And ropes herself of a cowboy. Maddie too and ropes herself a cowboy. But that made me think of Maddie too, of just like, you know, that was yeah. you know, that um like there but, were women that were not right doing, and a lot of those women show up in Western romance. Mm-hmm. I think um, because you had to. I mean, I, if you just think about, I think about that all the time. Like when I watch, have you ever? Did you ever watch Deadwood? No, oh, no, yeah. but it's been on my list. Like when I watch Deadwood or any of those, I'm just first, my first thought is like, thank God I do not have uh-huh. to live yeah. during this time and in that place because it's just. It's just so when like it's very sandy 
It's very, well, muddy. It's like muddy yes. all the time. There's always some <laughs> Your freaking petticoats are going to be. Droppings uh-huh. and, yeah. and horse and just pee in the mm-hmm. road. And there's a lot of uh, like, layers to your outfits. Uh, and then, and it just is like, it just feels like you're, it's just one constant dangerous mm-hmm. place to live. It, yep. It's like, yep. it's like the book of the unnamed midwife, yep. you know, where it's just, everything mm. is just super dangerous all the time. I wonder if that's maybe some of the appeal of like apocalyptic Yeah, books. I think I just had that exact same, yeah, because you are, it's, you know, it's the Wild West. Yeah, like, you're crossing. It's the Wild West out here. Like that's uh-huh. exactly what it means is that there's no, there's law, no law, there's no rules. Mm-hmm. You have to make your own it's rules. It's a desolate, like unpopulated area. Mm-hmm. Huh. But you can see why, like, a lot of Westerns, too, why, like, a lot of the characters are super religious. Because if there are no laws and no rules, you're grasping to whatever something you know is a rule somewhere. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So, I I, I mean, first foray, foray into Western, I think I would like to read what? Nothing. Did I? What? Nothing. I can't say it. Uh, God dang it! I know. I want to so try some. I, I want to try sister. I want to read sisters. Brothers. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, people and people talk about Lonesome Dove all. I know, the but time. did you know it's like a thousand pages? I was just yes. talking to a patron about that. I have no interest in doves uh, for that long. <laughs> Don't Lonesome nor otherwise. Oh gosh, a thousand pages. That is a lot. Of I honestly can't even tell you the last time I read a thousand. It's page a book. lot of pages. Um, about Longmire. So mm-hmm. here's a little something that we ought to mention. So. Um, the, the person who wrote Longmire, who's, who I'm totally blanking on right now. Is it Lane? Is it Dennis Lane? Oh, yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. Um, no, no. No. Sorry, sorry. Craig Johnson. Craig Johnson oh, yeah. wrote the Longmire, the Longmire series. series. And he is going to be in Lawrence. Yes. So you should check For it out. Free State Festival. Yeah. And I am. I have been interested in Longmire because I've, I know they've turned that into a... Mm-hmm. Television series, and I've heard really good things about that. So the only other Western experiences I've had was reading, um, blah, News of the World by Paulette Giles, who oh, I've talked about on right. here. I really like that, um, and that also has some interesting, it like wrestles with you know good and evil, and and concept of family and home and all these sorts of things. Um, okay, so does it handle things a little more? Uh, woke, yeah, because it's it's written more yeah. recently, yeah. And then, um, also, what's that? Godless, that show. I watched that. Oh yeah, though it, all the, it's like the a town of women mm-hmm. essentially. So yes, so I guess the more you know, this is like. Do you remember when we talked about sci-fi and we were like, I don't really read that, and then mm-hmm. you're like, well, actually, well, mm-hmm. actually, well, this, actually. This, 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 so yeah. this is the same thing. I mean, there's. You like so much of Westerns has has gone has expanded and gone into other genres mm-hmm. and into other especially things. Especially the book is supposed to be apocalyptic. Yeah, that observation is really true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I also saw Cowboys versus Aliens one time. <laughs> I know. I don't know why. Oh my god! I think I was forced to. All right, cool. Do you have? Anything, I can't recommend that one. Do you have anything that you want to add? No, I'm this. Mm, nope. <laughs> We're already. We no. Wait, I know. I told you at the beginning. I know. There's no way to be have a short, short episode. episode. We're not going to. It's do only it. 47 minutes instead We're of. We're not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. Wouldn't be. 
would not. <laughs> oh, god. So we're just going to talk in accents the whole rest of the day. So you guys just imagine that happening. Yep. Yep. All right. <laughs> happy... Uh, happy trails and happy reading. (laughs) That's it for this edition of the Book Squad podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit our website, lplks.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe. Please rate or comment. It helps others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Ken and Kate Gramlich. Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck. I'm Jim Barnes, and this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library.